Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. Today, my guest is Leah Bays. Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Michelle. I am excited to have this conversation with you because I think the topic that you share really is much, much needed for a lot of entrepreneurs in today's world, especially women. So by way of introduction, you are a holistic life coach, wellness expert, transformational speaker, and radio show host. Is that about cover it? Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's me. You have had a really amazing journey to get to where you're at. So let's just start there. What led you into what you do today as a transformational life coach? In my early 30s, I was in grad school. I had three little kids. I was I loved what I was doing, but and I had big dreams. So I I thought I could do everything. And I was going toward my dreams and toward my goals the way I thought I needed to, which is you get a little tired, you push a little more. You get a little more tired, you push a little more. And you know, I I thought I could be everything to everybody. Kind of that you know, super mom place. And I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I didn't listen to my body. And then finally, I had a really serious immune system crash. Wow. And it actually turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me. It took me several years to recover. But it, it turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened because it woke me up to the extraordinary power of healing that's inside each one of us and the deep need in myself and I realized in our culture to find a different way to move toward our goals and our dreams rather than just pushing more and powering through. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's something that a lot of us, it's just kind of the way we were raised is if it's not working, push harder, work harder, sleep less, you know, and yeah. and it does lead a lot of people to that point where it's just your body says no more. Right. And sometimes there's a long period before our bodies, I was fortunate in a way, because my body said, no, we're stopping, you've got to listen. And some people it goes on longer, and the effects are maybe more subtle, but still can be very devastating. Yeah. You know, I, I know a um, number of my clients who've gotten to the point of realizing their, their stress levels are so high, and they don't really even see it themselves, but other people tell them. And then it has a really dangerous effect on their children and their, their right. spouses, and, you know, and it's not sustainable. And I think we all learn, we can get things done by pushing and powering through. And we even get a lot of support for it and admiration for it but long term it's not sustainable 
And we can learn to tap into a, a higher level of energy, an energy that's always inside us okay. and that our culture doesn't really talk about very much. So I definitely want to hear more and ask you some questions about that. You know, one thing you said that we had kind of talked about this a little bit before we went live here is that that idea that sometimes we're so focused on pushing through on getting things done and we think it's to help the people around us to take care of the people around us to hit whatever those goals are we have but really we end up hurting the people around us whether it's our children our partner our clients even because we burn ourselves out to the point that we can't really show up and be of service in the way we really want to yeah that's so true and and i think there's an awful lot of support for doing it that way there's um, yeah. there a huge glorification of i'm busy 23 hours of the day and it's hard to kind of unplug from that and go wait a minute something is wrong in this picture when we have women in their 30s and 40s even having heart attacks and yes. and ending up hospitalized for things um so let's talk about what the alternative is like what is it that you advise your clients and, and women to do differently so that we don't get caught up in that glorification of just hustle, push, do whatever it takes to make it happen? Well, I have to say, Michelle, I love the way you say the glorification of that hustle and push. I've never heard it quite that way, and it's beautiful. It's brilliant. You know, it's like that's it's what it feels like, right? You log on to social media, and and you know, especially a lot of the male entrepreneur energy is just hustle twenty four seven until you make it happen. And some right. of us, we really do want a different approach, mm-hmm. but I think we need more voices like yours that are saying not only is there a different way, but it's okay to want a different way. Well, yes, like um, recently one of my clients told me that she'd had a business coach in her field Mm -hmm. and that coach had said to achieve your goals, you're going to have to keep your foot on the gas pedal all the time. I'm like, whoa. I mean, even if that's like one of the worst pieces of advice I've ever heard. And it's part of that glorification you're talking about. And, you know, like even if we drove our car that way, foot on the gas all the time, we'd crash into things. And, you know, ultimately we'd run out of gas, we'd wreck our cars. You know? Well, that's so, so interesting because you would never think that's a good idea. Let me just pedal to the metal on the highway until it stops. We would never right. do that, but we do it to our body. I never thought right. about it that way. And we can go buy a new car if we crash it, you know, but we can't do that. Yeah. So when I was recovering from my illness, so when I had this immune system crash, at some point I just had this really strong knowing, you know, it's just like divine guidance. Your path to healing is not to go from doctor to doctor to get a fix. Your path is a soul path. It's from inside. And, and it led me to studying mind-body healing and energy medicine and working with extraordinary masters of yoga and qigong and, and um, energy medicine. Yeah, and, and by working with some of them, I began to see a really different way of achieving. Right. And so like, I was in my early 30s, and a lot of these teachers were in there. 50s or 60s and one was in his 70s and they were like luminous and they were radiant and they were not like most of the people I saw in aging you know and in getting done but they could do amazing things it's kind of like probably some of you have seen this was a long time ago but like the karate kid you know that movie and and so it's like a martial artist working with the energy that way and and like the 
best example of that I ever saw was I was teaching at Mount Madonna, which is a retreat center in Northern California. Uh-huh. And I had t- taken some workshops there, and then I was teaching. And, and their, their guru, the head of the community there, that I didn't know very well, but I was fascinated by him. He was this really little man, maybe 95 pounds and uh-huh. maybe five feet tall and just really had this really calm presence. And one time while I was there, the, a lot of the people, I think mostly men, were building a rock wall as part of the landscaping. And Baba G, they called him, was out there all the time with them building the rock wall. And at the end of the day, they would come into the dining room, and the guys would just be like dragging, you know, like these guys in their That's 20s, these big guys are just like dragging. That's and they were hard work. Except Baba G. And they said, he's working harder than any of us. He gets more done than any of us. Wow. And he never gets tired. And they said, he can pick up huge boulders like their feathers and put them into place. And at the end of the day, we're exhausted. And he is relaxed and renewed. Wow. And all of us can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tapping in. It's tapping into what I call chi power. You know, so chi, that life force, like it's in qigong or, you know, in aikido, they call it ki, and in yoga, they call it prana, in in like more Western way, we might call it spirit, not, you know, we get into words and it's kind of hard to talk about them, but it's life force, it's that energy that flows through us Mm -hmm. that we can tap into. And when we tap into that, we can do things without depleting our bodies. And we're also doing it in a way that we're needing to listen, so we can't like, push the pedal on the chi powder power, sorry, chi power, you know, 100% of the time either, but where it's like noticing the rhythms and finding the way to honor, oh, my body's kind of tired right now, I'm going to listen to my body, not pour in another gallon of caffeine, you know, and so it's that responsiveness to the brilliance of the body. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's, that's such an interesting idea because I think one of the things that I'm sure some of my listeners have experienced this, I know I have, is that when you're trying to build a business, there are so many new things to learn. And sometimes we end up in this space where all of our energy is going to things that we're not naturally good at. They're like, they're not mm-hmm. our genius zone and they're really not our soul's purpose. Yeah. And we end up so out of alignment that everything drains us instead of charging that back up because when we are in, and I like the different the different names you discuss because we all have different labels for, for mm-hmm. what we call that, but really I think right. everybody kind of senses when they're in that space where, mm-hmm. me, I would call it like being aligned with your soul's purpose, like you're yeah. really doing that thing that feels right, that you want your energy to go to, and it's amazing how you really can get more done and feel good at the end of it when that's where you're focused. Like with my clients, I tend to call it playing in your genius zone. I love it. Yeah. Thing that it really does charge you back up instead of totally draining you. Yes. Um, it, it makes such a difference. You can tell when somebody's doing what they're really designed to do, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big piece of it, Michelle. I love the way you said that. You know, I think part of it, too, is realizing our small minds, our thinking minds, yeah. don't have to figure it all out. And that whatever structure, whatever faith system we have, there is always something bigger we can tap into. You know, well, through so prayer. Hard to let go of. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I can't be the only one wondering this. Like, what do you give clients when they do get, like, trapped in the, like, you know, the small mind way of thinking? 
what do you say to help them kind of step back and find that connection? Well, I actually, yeah, I have an ebook, and I'd love to give it to your listeners if they're interested. And I call it the Miracle Maker's Chi Power Quick Shift Formula. So how we can very quickly, within just moments, shift out of that push more power through mode, you know, like... And we can get, I get into it sometimes when I'm at my computer. I'm like, ah, I just got to get this finished. And I can oh, feel yeah. my brow furrowing. And I can right. feel like, you know, like, oh, I've got to get this done, you know. But I'm not, after a very little time there, I'm not very effective. And, right. when, and, and we can get in that push more power through mode when we're like, oh, I've got an event. I've got to, like, get this and this and this done. And, and you know, so our breath gets shallow. Our t- we get tight in our body. Our vision gets restricted. We get that kind of tunnel vision. And we don't yes. think, well, we get stupid when we're in that. We're like, I've got to do this. But we get stupid and stupider, you know. So yes, the first, so there are like five steps. Okay. Did you, want to, you want to just say something about that? I'd love to hear it. Yeah, oh, what were no, you going to say? Just, I was just going to agree with you. I totally <laughs> know that feeling of like tunnel vision and focus because I used to do that like at least one night a week when I was early in my business. I would stay up literally all night because I'm like, i got to get this stuff done. My coach says these have to be finished. And I had kids and I was homeschooling. And it was a lot. So I would just stay up all night. And Mm -hmm. I would get up, you know, after an hour or so of sleep sometimes and look at what I had been working on. And I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. What was I trying to say here? And I realized, you know, pushing through was clearly not being more productive. (laughs) (laughs) And yet, you know, we're geared for it. So one thing to remember is when we get into that, we're mobilizing our our nervous system's emergency um, stress response system. So it's great for some things. You know, like really short term. Let's you know, it's how women like mobilize all their stress hormones and lift a car up if the you know there's a child there, or you know, if like a really brief emergency system is what it's supposed to be, and it mobilizes all the stress hormones and it lets us take a very quick action. But it's not good for for extended anything extended and you know we're not usually actually faced with an emergency but we're in that emergency place all the time yeah put ourselves into that like emergency panic mode and it doesn't feel good is the other thing like even if you get the stuff done you're so drained and stressed out from it so okay five steps i am really curious that doesn't feel good and we can get kind of addicted to it it's like okay it kind of works sometimes i'm gonna do it okay five steps so the first is to notice kindly. Like, okay, like, so, yeah, is it? Hmm. Yeah. So noticing kindly is like really a real, like I would say the first piece of any change. And we can notice, but if we do it with that, oh, man, there you go again, kind of where where it's harder to change and shift. We feel like, oh, there I am. (laughs) I'm like, I've got tunnel vision. There I am. So the more we can bring kindness in to anything we're trying to change, the earlier and the more fully we can, the better. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm human. Oh, yeah, I'm going into that stress mode. I'm going into that. So the first is just notice kindly. And the second is to breathe. Because when you're in that push mode, your breath is really restricted. And when your breath is really restricted, your brain doesn't think well, your body doesn't function well. It's an emergency place. Right. So you breathe. You're not trying to like breathe deeply. You're just, oh yeah, I could breathe. I could take a breath. 
I can stop and breathe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and just that will begin to shift out of this. And the next one is to feel. Because when we're in that push more power through mode, we're not feeling our body. We're not feeling what's really going on with us. We're cutting ourselves off from the brilliance of the body that wants to guide us. So we feel, ah, okay. And when we feel, pretty naturally, things begin to shift and relax a little bit. And then we move. <laughs> because again, when we're in that like mode, we get rigid. We're like pushing and powering, we get rigid. So you notice, we breathe, we feel, and we move. And maybe it's just like oh, a big breath up. <sighs> and it might, yeah, maybe it's shaking. Um, for me, often I get in that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up and walk across the room or go outside. And what a difference that makes. Yeah. And the fifth is imagine. Oh, okay. Our imagination power is so important and, and we so deny it in our culture. And it doesn't take but a minute. So you can even, as you breathe in, you can imagine you're bringing in more energy. You're bringing, we call it chief, we call it breath, we call it life, whatever. And you breathe out and you just, ah, letting go. Okay. Yeah. So there are lots of ways you can use all five of those, but that's just like a super simple way. Well, and... It's funny because it sounds so simple, but as I sit here and think about it, those really are the things that you're forgetting to do when you go into that mode. And if you can become conscious of it and just just stop and run through a pattern like that, it really does instantly shift your energy. Well, in that ebook, I have on one page that's a little bright infographic. It's a star with, with those five points. So people could even cut it out and put it on their refrigerator or their desk or just to remember like, yeah. That just seems a like notice. a great thing to print out. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. It helps me, you know, because all of us, we forget. We get in that, like, yeah. push more power through mode. We get stupid, but we can get smart really quickly. We can, like, get back to ourselves in that chi power really quickly. I, I like that because I think that, that it's a great way to describe it. We do, like, for a moment, get kind of stupid when, when we're that focused <laughs> You know, one of the things you said that got my attention that I know I struggle with is that not just noticing it, but noticing it kindly. Mm-hmm. Because I tend to notice it, and then I'm like, why are you doing this again? You know, I think it's mm-hmm. it's easy to look at somebody else and go, okay, you know what, you're human. It's okay and be encouraging, but it's hard to do that for yourself. So yeah. what do you suggest that, like, what what works for you to break that thought pattern and really be more gentle with yourself? Well, practice, it's definitely one one of the important things. And and I think we all help each other, you know, whether we're coaches and mentors or whatever, or friends, you know, is reminding each other. Um, I I keep a little note on my desk that says K-I-S-S, and it's keep it simple, sweetie. I've heard it keep it simple, (laughs) stupid. I don't want that, you know, but sweet, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, you know, any way that we can remind ourselves, whatever little things remind ourselves of that and certainly one of the things I love doing with clients is you know helping them come into that heart space of the breath of kindness for themselves and bringing that to your body it's one of the most healing things you can do and and just you know again and again and and reminding ourselves because most of us again that's one of those mental habits a lot of us have it's almost like we think we've got to push ourselves in a harsh way we're going to get things done 
I think we all have those voices in our heads, you know, Mm -hmm. wherever they came from, for some of us, it was parents or teachers or an older sister, whoever it was that kind of become the voice in our head. and, And we have to disconnect from those and realize we can make a different choice about how we talk to ourselves. And begin developing a, a loving voice, begin developing in ourselves one who is a loving parent or a loving, you know, dear friend who helps guide us. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's linked with people's spiritual practices. You know, if yeah. people have a strong spiritual practice, you know, perhaps it's, it's Jesus or it's Mary or it's, you know, whatever figure from their practice that they can connect with. For some people without that, there's another figure, maybe a kind grandmother that they didn't even know, but that they can, again, using that power of imagination that's very real, they can tap back into. So I think it's all really important for all of us to have within ourselves the ability to cultivate that. And it's great to practice it at night when you're falling asleep and when you wake up. In those times, I think of that as our, our real soul connection time, when our thinking minds are getting quiet and we're dropping into sleep or coming out of it. It's very fertile ground, and it's a really good time to send kindness and compassion to ourselves. That's um, so interesting. I, I've never heard anybody put it like that before, and I never mm-hmm. actually connected those dots of, of not just creating a kind voice, but actually finding one that you can connect to. Because that yeah. actually, that, that's a great idea. I can imagine using that as something that, you know, okay, what would my grandmother say to me right now? Mm-hmm. Because she yeah. was always one of those, no matter what was going wrong, she could find something positive and encouraging mm-hmm. to say to me. And I never thought yeah. to kind of reframe the voice in my head that way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really a great perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, because a lot of the, the places in ourselves where we get blocked, a lot of the places where we find that we're stuck, sometimes there's that old part that's unloved. Yeah. Like, like and it might act out in ways like overspending or overeating or, you know, for one for me that often comes up is I'll avoid things I really want to do, but that are a little, and I'll realize, oh, wow, there's that place of avoiding and, you know, there's kind of a fearful little part in there that I need to, to help nurture and not just let her run the show, but find the ways to really nourish and nurture her so that she feels safe enough so I can do those things that I really want to do. But if I'm not aware of that inner part, it might sabotage me. So let's talk about that one for a minute because mm-hmm. that's one I think a lot of people struggle with is the, the disconnect between we've got that list of things or that that goal list of we really want, like consciously anyway, we want to do certain things, we want to get them done, and somehow it just keeps falling off the bottom of the to-do list. It's like, well, I'll mm-hmm. get to it eventually, and we don't. Right. So, so talk to me a little bit more about that and figuring out kind of what's going on deeper and how to get past it. Well, I think that's that's a great place for reflection. And I think um, sometimes journaling is really helpful with that. I think it's some, certainly something that comes up in a lot of coaching that I do with people. And, you know, when people will sometimes come with like, why do I keep getting stuck? You know, and, the, and you can see they're kind of beating up on themselves. And we'll be like, okay, well, let's, let's look at it. Um, but not in terms of like, oh, what was in my past that made me do this or, you know, not in a self-blaming way again, but in like in that really being gentle and looking at the feelings as they come up. 
And those, the feelings as they come up, whether it's fear or avoidance or you know, even self-blame, if we just gently and kindly drop into those in the body, we breathe into them, we let ourselves feel them. You know, the only thing emotions want is to be felt. Hmm. And so if we really can let them be felt in the body, can give them some space, they'll guide us and, and they'll move through and then we'll realize, oh, along with fear, I've also got longing. Because fear and longing, for example, are often really wrapped up. Someone was recently telling me she was terrified of public speaking. And then as we talked about it, we realized, she realized she had a, an a desire to be in front of people talking about what really mattered to her. And you know, so what we fear and what we long for are often wrapped up, but until we let them have room to, to move through and to be kindly noticed, then they just stay stuck. So again, it's that breathing and the kindness. Uh, sometimes I take people into a, a guided or an interactive imagery. So I'm not telling them, but I'm just creating space for them to go inside and explore. And the imagery is sort of like a dream happens as we're talking. You know? So it helps open that up. So from that place of compassion. And we can even ask the fear to talk to us. We can say, would you be willing to talk to us? So there are a lot of ways to play with that. That's really interesting. I've, I've never done an exercise quite like that, but I can see where you might come out with some different perspectives. Definitely. It's, I mean, almost always <laughs> there are nuggets. Almost always by going into that place beyond the thinking mind into that what, the soul place, you know, that inner creative place. Um, almost always, I, I can't really think of any time that there haven't been some nuggets that have helped guide people toward what they really want to be doing. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the problems with getting into that really just hustle, hustle, hustle mode is mm -hmm. you're not listening to not yeah. just your body. So it's not just leading to a physical breakdown like we talked about a little bit ago, mm -hmm. but it's, it's also really leading you to an emotional one. If right. you're not listening and feeling, okay, where, where am I at emotionally? Where am I at mentally? In addition to all of the damage that it does physically. Absolutely. In fact, I really think all of the things that happen to us that are considered negative and challenges are opportunities and invitations to come back more fully into like you were talking about, the soul path, the soul purpose. You know, they can guide us back to that if we, instead of fighting with them, turn to them, embrace them, like you said, listen to them and let them lead us forward. Well, and that's interesting because one of my favorite things that you have on your website, and hopefully I don't butcher this too bad, you'll have to, you'll have to help me with the, the <laughs> about how sometimes the terrible things that happen to us actually turn out to be kind of the greatest gifts in our life. Right. And it's, it's that idea of just how do we choose to look at it and how do we choose to move forward from it? Because I know so many entrepreneurs who they actually started their business because they experienced something that was just by any perspective a terrible thing right and yet they solved that problem they figured out how do I continue on and then once they did it they were able to go help other people do that as well and I think that that kind of lines up with that idea of those moments where we're like okay this is awful right now what I'm going through I don't know how to get past it if we do just kind of allow ourselves to grow past it and whatever that means it can turn out to be a gift in some ways 
that yeah it helps us grow into who we really are you know and that's a process um yeah and and it takes courage it was e. E. cummings who said it takes courage to grow up to be who you really are and I, I actually it was to become grow up to become who you really are because it's a continual process and so when we realize that you know we would never say to someone oh how wonderful you're facing that horrible experience right you know, no. there's you know, like no no but that within all of it it's like oh wow what do i have the opportunity to learn right now with this and even cracked open even in you know, people in situations where there's, I've had terrible grief, I have found parts of myself I didn't know I had that have helped me grow into myself more fully. So right. When we think of it as a journey, I think of it as a journey of the soul, then in all of the things, the, the dreams, the ex- wonderful, joyful experiences, and the challenges are invitations to become more fully who we, we really are on that deep level. And you're right, that takes a lot of courage to be willing Mm -hmm. to not just get through it, but to find what is that gift that's inside of this experience? What is that thing I can learn that I can take away from it? Because, you know, sometimes people will ask or or we look at other people and we think, well, how in the world did they get through it? And I've had people Mm -hmm. ask me that about different things. How did you get through it? Sometimes you don't have another choice. And it's not just so much, are you going to get through it? It's not just survival, but are you going to thrive on the other side of it? Right. And, and I think the thing, some of the things that keep us from that are asking, oh, why is this happening to me? You know, and you might ask it a little bit, try not to, you know. Why is it happening to me, you know, as a victim kind of, and being able to move as, as we can beyond that. And then even looking at things in the past, not as like, oh, it was terrible that happened to me. It was like it was. It was a terrible, horrible situation. And I, oh my gosh, how I've grown from that yeah. in my ability to help other people or be who I am or, you know, have some other understanding. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's always, I get inspired when I hear people share those stories of mm-hmm. what they went through and how they used it to kind of power the next phase of their life and to step mm-hmm. into something even bigger. And I've got to imagine that's that's got to be one of the coolest things about the work you do is helping people reframe those types of things as they're going through them and figure out what's next. Yes. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I love the way you said that, powering for the uh, powering up the next stage that's that's beautiful yeah it is it's so gratifying and to see people you know like you were talking about most of us have kind of a harshness toward ourselves and yeah. one of the things that i love as people can soften that is realize how much more they've accomplished in their life maybe than they've given themselves credit for and how much you know that genius part is there even when we haven't recognized it you know we we tend to take those parts that we we really shine at for granted and you know when we can realize well those parts have always been there how can I step into them more and embrace them and allow myself to like you said thrive in that even more yeah you know that that brings up for me one of the one of the first times I went to a really small group mastermind in person for a retreat the coach had us do this exercise he handed us this like 90-day review because the retreats were going to be every 90 days and we were supposed to list down things we were proud of from the last 90 days, like accomplishments. And I remember sitting there staring at this paper, 
And this is like a, it's a high-powered, serious business mastermind group, not like a touchy-feely one, right? And, and I'm sitting there holding back tears. I'm like, I'm not going to cry in front of these people. I'm not going to cry in front of these people. And I couldn't come up with anything wow. that I wanted to list. And it was this moment for me where I just kind of had to shake myself and say, what is going on that you're being so hard on yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think that does tend to happen for a lot of us. We're so quick to get angry with ourselves or acknowledge the things that we don't see ourselves as a success at, but mm-hmm. we don't really take that time to go, okay, even if it was small, what did I succeed at or what am I proud of? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a, a something that more than just for me, I know for a lot yeah. of people, we, we have to figure out how to shift that more quickly and really, like you said, acknowledge those things that we don't always see in ourselves. And that's one thing that for me, has only ever really effectively happened when I am working with a coach, honestly, who can look at it and go, no, hang on, you are not going to talk to yourself that way. Let's acknowledge these positive things that we've got done, you know, and as one of the best decisions I've made, I say this all the time, has been to always be working with a coach in my business who can give me that outside perspective and gently, kindly smack me in the head and go, (laughs) it's, it's so valuable to have somebody who can guide you through that. And we must do that to create forward momentum. We must have that awareness of what we're doing well. You know, somehow in our heads, there's this idea that if we're harsh with ourselves, we're going to perform better. And I don't think that's true. You know, I like every session I ever do with a client, we start with celebrations and successes. And they can be really small. They can just be a way of of thinking, whatever. And usually when people come at first, they're like, nothing. There was nothing. I didn't do anything. I'm like, okay, well, let's look back. And, you know, and then sometimes people go through the stage of, well, yeah, I did that, but I didn't do this and this and this just right, you know, (laughs) and so that perfectionist place. But when we can claim and notice what we've done, it's not we're being conceited. We're being grateful to ourselves for making that. And then we build momentum. When we look at what we've done well, what we've changed, the mindsets we've changed and ways we've rewired our way of thinking and being, we get more and more and more of that as we go forward. So definitely propels us and it's an amazing momentum. Absolutely. You know, the other thing that I think it really does is it builds our confidence Mm -hmm. because when you can look at it and go, okay. I did what I said I was going to do, even if it was something tiny. I mean, literally, uh, my mastermind group knows when they show up, they are going to find something to celebrate. I don't care if it's I made it to the call. There is something positive that we're going to acknowledge ourselves for. And it's just kind of that pattern of of you set a goal, you set something for yourself, and you accomplish it. And then another one, and you accomplish it. And it really does build the momentum and the confidence to keep going, which is so important, not just in business, but in life. That's so true. And you're building a muscle inside yourself and you're building awareness makes you like when people know they're coming to your mastermind group or one of my coaching calls, they start then looking, okay, well, I know I'm going to have to tell her what I did well, so I better look for it. And so they happen more often and we become more tuned to it, more aware. And again, that kind awareness, I am convinced is absolutely a foundation for any kind of real growth. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's so interesting because I have gotten into literally arguments <laughs> with people about how do you get people in motion and get that forward mm. progress because there are a lot of people who the, the stick approach, mm. so to speak, works. Like some people that works. You can be harsh and, and, and they kind of keep moving, but it, it has never worked for me. Like I shut mm-hmm. down. 
Yeah. Um, and I know I'm not the only one who has that experience of when things get negative, I just want to curl into a little ball and mm-hmm. hide. And mm-hmm. I can't get myself out of it. And like, it takes somebody else helping me to look at it and go, no, no, there are positive things here. Mm-hmm. Let's look at them. Um, yeah. And it's just that that outside perspective really does help you to to focus on things that you wouldn't otherwise. And then when you've got that foundation, because I'm, I'm sure you and your coaching, and I know my, I and my coaching also call people on things. You know, it's not just like, oh, yeah, everything's wonderful, and yes, here you go. You know, but we do call people on things, but it's done in a way that the, the foundation and the, the container of it is that place of love and support. And then we can be like, you know, pretty clear like you said smack people up you know (laughs) figuratively with with that sense of knowing that we're so on their side and we so believe in them and we believe in them even in the times when they don't and we help them rise to that you know that's one of the things that I think made the biggest difference for me in business and this was Mm. I don't know eight or ten years ago um, I started working with instead of a a business coach so to speak a mindset coach like Mm. who actually focused on that kind of thing and what I realized later was what actually made the difference for me was having somebody who believed in me when I couldn't believe in myself. Yeah. Having that person who I knew I was going to get on the phone with every week and mm-hmm. she would remind me why I was doing what I was doing and, and, and kind of push me with the, hey, you absolutely can do this. You know, you're no. not going to talk that way. You're going to go do it. <laughs> right. And, and, and there were moments that I, I hated her. Uh, she <laughs> had the conversation like, you know, yeah. I was not happy with you when you told me this. But right. <laughs> right. I know my coach recently told me to do something and I literally thought I was going to throw up. I mean, she was totally right. It was just actually a reordering of a sales page to put something about the money at the top. And I literally felt like I was going to throw up to make myself do that. I knew it was right. It's not like she's telling me to do something that's wrong for me, but because she believes in me and she's helping me move forward, sometimes that happens. You know, and when we're breaking these patterns, we're coming up against these like blocks in ourselves. Sometimes it has that physical and emotional feeling, but it's when the container of someone who really believes in us and who we are, not just like in the abstract. Right. You yeah. know, that's, that's something that I have had that conversation so many times with people who are more on the like heart-centered, sensitive mm-hmm. side when it comes to how they run their business and, and the emotions and the fear and the like the breakthroughs really do show up physically. Like I, I can't count the number of times I've ended up in the bathroom, you know, with the contents of my stomach coming back out because of how emotional I felt about different things that I was was stepping into in business. But at the same time, those are those moments where that's a time to actually push through. Yes. Go, yes, I'm having yes. this reflection, but it's because I'm stepping into something bigger. Right. And there's there's that space where sometimes you don't want to push. Like, you don't want pedal to the metal 24 right. hours a day. But there are those moments where you don't feel great in your body about it, but in your soul you know mm-hmm. this is what I need to do next. Yes, that's right. And it's that deep awareness. But it's not like that blind tunnel vision place. It's a, a yes, a bigger sense of that. Good distinction. Yeah, those yeah. are two very different mm-hmm. feelings. And, and that goes back to yeah. what you said about just stopping and being aware of it first. Mm-hmm. Having that, that moment of, oh, okay, I'm going to kindly notice. <laughs> that really is a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to add that to my... Uh, 
intentional choices. Be more <laughs> kind when I notice things about myself. Hmm, yay, I love that you're going to integrate that one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and hopefully for everybody listening, mm-hmm. if that's not part of your practice or part of what you intentionally do for yourself, I, I love Leah's advice here to just be kind as you notice mm-hmm. those things because it does make it easier to fix it when you're just focused on, yeah, this is a problem, now let's go to the solution. Instead of, this is the problem, why do we do this? And, you know, half an hour of beating ourselves up for it. That's not really effective. That's really wasted energy, yeah, definitely. And not just wasted, it actually pulls us backwards because it tends to get things more stuck, more. That's one of the things I realized because I, I, I have made progress in that area. Like I beat myself up less now than I used to, but I had a moment where I realized, like you just said, this is wasted energy. Mm-hmm. Not only is it wasted, I don't have energy to waste. <laughs> right, no. I need all my energy to focus on moving forward positively and powering yeah. through some of those more important things that I actually do want to do. Mm-hmm. Like you have the example of a client who realized they did want to speak on stage, even though there was a lot of fear around it. And, and I love that because I think mm-hmm. that is something that so many of us would go through. There's this huge fear around something. But deeper, there is that longing of that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, right, right. And we can't shrink from that. So really important. I love the distinction you're making. And I'm not saying when we shift out of the push more power through mode, we shrink back from what we're doing. I'm saying we find a new energy and it propels us and moves us forward. And we're much more effective. We actually achieve more. We get more done. We reach our dreams better. And we don't have to be burned out and depleted. I love that because so often what we see is those two things going together, that whole, okay, mm-hmm. if you want to reach your goals, you're going to have to go through burnout. And I don't right. think that's necessarily true. I, I, I think it's think absolutely it not true. Yeah. It shouldn't be an expectation. The expectation mm-hmm. should be the opposite. It should be yeah. strange. It should be a bigger problem, and it shouldn't be something we reward ourselves for. Well, I had an anxiety <laughs> attack, and I collapsed in <laughs> right. the hospital. I mean, that's, that's not a positive thing. Yeah. It's definitely not, no. And it's keeping us from being the our full potential. It really is. It's keeping us smaller than we need to be. And, yeah. That's so true. Well, where can people go to get their copy of the Miracle Maker's Quick Shift Formula? Did I get that right? Yes, you did. And actually, we're kind of, I'm kind of adjusting it right now. Probably in the next few days, it's going to have a little longer title. It's the Miracle Makers Chi Power Quick Ship Formula, but it's the same thing. Yeah. So okay. go to com, and there right on the homepage, there's a little sign in. Just put your email and your name and you'll get that right away. Awesome. All right. And for everybody listening, that is L-E-A-B-A-Y-L-E-S.com. You'll see a link to it somewhere near where you are either watching this video or listening to the audio. It'll be in the show notes for you to connect with Leah, get a copy of that, and take a look through her website and her blog. She's got some fantastic articles and things to really help you kind of continue the conversation we've started here. So if you feel like you've been caught up, like some of us have. I'm raising my hand if you're listening to the audio. Like both hands up in the air here in that glorification of busy in that got to hustle, 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 hustle at 25, seven, really. Mm. Um, yeah. Make sure you take a minute and go grab that guide and take a look at Leah's blog because you will find things there that will help you to start to reframe the way you look at how to succeed 
in business and life because there is a different way to do it. And Leah, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing what's worked for you, your story, your message. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much, Michelle. What a delight to talk with you. Thank you. All right. So for everybody listening, please rate, review, like, and subscribe to the show and tune in for another episode soon.